Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel Tulloch. It's your boy HH. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics. Follow us on Instagram at Talking Tactics. If you're listening on Spotify, Remember to follow us over there. If you're on SoundCloud, remember to hit the hearts um, and help us out that way. If you want to help the podcast out monetarily, remember to follow us on Patreon. The link is in the description. $3 a month and you get access to conversations like, what is your favorite cereal? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, remember to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. And we'll read it on the show. We do have one review from somewhere inside the United States of America. So it's from... Wan eight IV says, "I'll keep listening. <laughs> In depth and funny, enjoyable show. Very brief, but you know we appreciate so, 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 all so five stars reviews." He, he couldn't go into any more detail. <laughs> nah, it was just like seven words. But you know, you know, five stars is five stars. So we are we are obliged to read the review. So there you go. Thank mm, you. No, no, Thank no, you to really Juan no. for for his review. This is um, a trash review. So can we start with Havertz? I think if you go on Have Hope's channel, the Have Hope Football Hut, we had like a lengthy discussion with our our friend Forward and our guy Javern about the match um, in its immediate aftermath. So some of this will be rehashing what we talked about. But I just want to start with my point. I don't think Kai Havertz was necessary for this Chelsea team because I think he creates so many impediments, whether it be selection headaches or... When you combine that with what Lampard is trying to accomplish with Mason Mount and other players, if you take out Havertz, you probably have a better 11 to face Liverpool. It's a reticence or just an acceptance that Lampard is going to try to play Mason Mount. So if if that reality wasn't a reality, cool, you can sign Havertz and he can play on the right and you can play Giroud in the, as a false nine. But if we understand that Mount has to play or Mount is very, very likely to play, Havertz and Mount are kind of the same guy. And now you're trying to, oh, we need to play one on the one on the right wing, one on the left wing, one tracking back. Like, they're not wingers. So for me, Havertz isn't necessarily necessary. And for the price that he was, the biggest issue on this team is goalkeeper. And for that price, plus the price of Mendy, if you add up Havertz was, let's call it 80 million with add-ons and all that kind of stuff. And Mendy apparently is 20 million pounds or 22, whatever it is. That's 100 million pounds. Mm-hmm. What kind of goalkeeper could Chelsea buy for 100 million pounds? Pretty good one, I would suspect, with all the release clauses and things that are going around Europe. I, I look at it and I think I understand why you had to go get him. Because, or at least in theory, I understand it. Where it's We're the only one who can really go get him. He wants to come to us, blah, blah, blah. But don't you have to be pragmatic and practical in these kind of situations and think, let's handle our priorities first before we go spending on luxury. So when you talk, let's talk about Mount. It's hard to do that while not talking about Havertz as well. But what are your thoughts on that? Why I celebrated Havertz was not because I rated him highly. It's because, well, this is what Abramovich can do. It's a pride thing. Yes, basically, it's like Abramovich is like, look, when it's down, I can ensure that I can get the most 
talked about, sought after players in the world. But I, from the get-go, when Guy said Kairos, I was like, okay, I'm watching these games because obviously Bundesliga were the only games we could watch initially after lockdown. So I was watching the Leverkusen games and so forth, and I was like, okay, he's scoring these goals and everything, but just looking at him, I don't see someone that's that impressive. As in, for me, I when I, when I see Foden or I see Sancho um, or I see Ansu Fati play, they just impress when they just look at us and say, why is this guy such a big deal? So I, so I was saying to people that, why is he such a big deal? But of course, Kadim was like, nope, nope, this is this guy, he's that, he he's the real deal, he's the real deal, he's the real deal. Yeah, man, like, you know, German guy, man. Um, no one knows everything German football inside and out. So, for me, I was like, so you get this dude. Is he worth it? Why are you getting him? Like, my only reasoning for... Mm-hmm. If, let's say, you get him, I'm thinking that you're getting him because you, you need a creator. That's what I'm thinking. But now, when I look at these two games, you've gotten him because he can play multiple positions which is the, the most fearful thing because you're like, ah, I can easily fit in my Mason Mount because I can put Havertz wide. I can make him as a striker, false nine, attacking midfielder. So I can put him almost anywhere I want because he play multiple positions. So it even frees me up to still um, save a place there for Mount in William's absence. Just from those two games, you're seeing that this isn't Joshua Kimmich. See, Joshua Kimmich, ever since he was even young, was I like, know this is a genuinely versatile player where... He can do a good job in defense and he can do a job in midfield. He can play all positions in defense, all positions in midfield. So he's so obviously, I, I just think that Lampard, you may have judged this and gotten this one wrong in terms of you've spent so much on him. He's a marquee signing and you really believe that he could really be fully effective in several different positions. So, but I think, like, even as you said, it's like Kai Havertz wasn't such a priority. You've, you've got Werner, you've got um, ZH. Have you got Pulisic? You have goals and creativity in all those players. Focus on a superb creative defender. Well, Tego Silva, he, he may be past the speak, but okay. And a keeper. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you need to focus on. Which is yeah, why look at Man City. Is, is a look at Man City. Man City. What have been? What have they been doing all summer? Kulibali, Jimenez, Kulibali, Jimenez, Kulibali, Jimenez, because they know that. This is an issue. So we need... So our focus, our prime directive is a keeper. Like, Chelsea's issue wasn't scoring goals. They <laughs> could, goals was, was, was not an issue. The issue was defending and stopping goals coming through. So the keeper and the defense. Yep. So... In, in terms of uh, centre-back and goalkeeper, they're spending $20 million total? For me, that's hella backwards <laughs> it should be the other way if you can find a good free deal for an attacking player fine go for him so so so, so basically you wouldn't have gone for Havertz then I, I would have gone for Havertz if all the other things were ticked off you get your goalkeeper first you get your left back second you get your center back third you go find your Pedro replacement cool I guess you maybe need another striker, seeing as you're going to let go of Mishi, Giroud's 30, whatever. Tammy Abraham was kind of good, but not really good enough to where you can be like, we're building an attack around him. So cool, you go get your striker. Once you get those players, if you have enough money left over and Havertz is available for a reasonable price, go for him. But it seems like, ah, they're like, well, we'll go get Havertz and then everything else will fill it in around him. And I feel like that's just backwards. But hey, it's Chelsea Football Club. Yeah, Tego Silva is good, but you wouldn't call him one of the best defenders in the world or one of the top up, upcoming defenders. So the worrying thing is you've put focus on just bolstering up the attack. Are you still going with the mindset of like, we'll just outscore the the opponents or or like, you know what, defense isn't our, our issue. We just need to score more goals. This is what my <laughs> next is question is. Do you think Lampard is out of his depth in some ways? And maybe this is an obvious question, but maybe we do need to have the discussion. Because I do feel like, and maybe the, you know Chelsea fans will be mad at me, but I do feel like it's quite evident that he's slightly fraudulent. So you're just going to play a different defensive partnership every game. Cool. So you're just going to play a different midfield every game. Cool. So you're just going to play a different formation every game. Cool. So you're just going to play a different striker, different combination. You're going to play... Even even Havertz. So you do go get Havertz. So you're going to play him in two different positions in two different games? Hmm. What is all this tinkering? Like I've said for the longest time, the guy is Emery, just English, and just a club legend. But he's doing the same thing. They used to call Ranieri the tinker man. What the mm. hell is Lampard? 
Tinker, tinker, man. He's using real life like football manager. It is insane to change the formation and change players around with the frequency that he does. Even football manager, like one of the things that they even say, like, I remember this was back at the day when Championship Manager first came out and everything. And like, you know, whenever you're just sort of like reading about, you know, tips mm-hmm. to sort of like understand Championship Manager, they even say that, look, look, one of the key things that you do, and this is a video game, always keep the formation the same. Because there are algorithms within the game that says if you keep it the same, the chemistry will grow and then the team will be a lot more effective. Mm. But then if you then keep on changing and changing, you'll mess with, with the with the with the chemistry. So my thing is that how is this team supposed to have any kind of chemistry if from one game to another game I don't know whether what position I'll be playing and I don't know who my defensive partner will be. It's madness. It's, it's madness, you know. Let's say Frank Lampard was just Jimmy Johnson. Some he never who never played the, the game has no connection with Chelsea whatsoever. Didn't really have much of a playing career, and he was doing the same exact thing. You see, if he had that to do then, people would be slating him. Yeah. And Lampard doesn't get as much of the hate because ah, it's Lampard, the football legend. But my thing is, what is that? Who cares what he did in his playing career? When Maradona lost four zero to Germany in the World Cup, I was like, bro, Maradona, bro. I love you. I still feel you're the GOAT. Management isn't your thing. People feel that all because you're a great player, you should make a great manager. And even when you make mistakes as a manager, there must be some explanation for it. We need to support you even more because you were a great player. No. Treats every manager this, the same. Kepa. Wasn't, wasn't the cover out of this dude last week? <laughs> yeah, it almost... You know how we preempt things sometimes? That Yeah, I, it, it wouldn't feel right to make a back-to-back Kepa mistake <laughs> podcast, would it? It would be a first, man. So, and, and, and if, if, if anybody deserves it to, to be I've never done that. I've When I've made the art for the podcast, I've never gone back-to-back. I try even <laughs> not to do the same team, but uh, yeah, I could if I wanted to. And it would be probably be more applicable this week than last week. But, you know, it is what it is. Right? Well, you know, we're forecasters. You know, we, we see into the future in that sense. Kepa Aritha Balaga. Um... Is it bullying at this point, though, Double H? Me especially. I don't know about you. I think you've agreed with me, to be fair. But I don't know if you've been as fervent in your criticism as I have. But basically every step of the way, I feel like I've been on point with this. So for me, it, it almost feels like, okay, he does his best Loris Carius impression. Not not that you can do it that well. But, you know, you <laughs> can try. Um, no, 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 you can't. As, as I say, maybe once every few weeks, what's understood doesn't need to be said. You guys understand it now. Do I need to go in on him or do I just let you guys do it for me at this point? Because it's just like, it's reached the point of pity. I actually, I genuinely feel bad for him. And obviously I still have an agenda to uphold. So I will put out the the cheeky, hopefully funny, engaging tweet every once in a while when he makes the mistake. But deep down, I do actually feel bad for him. There's no place really he can hide. And if he's this bad, I was thinking this when, when, when he let the goal in. Goalkeeper must be such a lonely position, mm. especially especially if you're playing it poorly. If you're a, if you're an outfield player, you know if you're a left back, you have the left sided center back. If you're an attacking player, there's a group of you guys. If you're a center back, you have a partner. If you're a right back, you have the right sided center back and the defensive midfield partnership in front of you. Obviously, the midfield works together in some way. But if you're a goalkeeper, of, of course you have the team defending in front of you. But the shot is yours. There's nobody else you can blame. There's no real mistake that you can, hey, I thought you would do that instead of me. Like, no, like you're the only one here that can use their hands, bro. So <laughs> it's on you. So when he made that mistake, I was just like, man, imagine being him. Mm. When I thought about it like that, I thought, damn, would I want somebody like Daniel talking shit about me? No, not really. Like he will. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. But yeah, it, it, it made me jump into his skin. Like there's no place for him to hide. The mistakes are just kind of like... Uh, I don't know, confirmation of what I've thought, but there is almost a sad element to it. No, 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 for me, I think it's just like, it's a case of just, it is what it is. It's like, you like you go from joking, mocking and everything to like, you did it again. So once you just do it again, you're like, okay, this is now beyond the realm of now saying anything or mocking him or making memes. It's like, look, okay, you like, this hasn't worked out because you can't make these amounts of mistakes in such quick succession. So, 
you know, you just have to just say like, it is what it is. Like you're like your place. Like you've been given too many opportunities as a as a keeper, and you've messed too many of them up. Just have to say thanks, but no thanks, man, and just move on. Do you know how you do brick door? Oh yeah. Who's he has to be odds on favorite? No? Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Last year it was Alonso, so I think I think Kepa, I, I think he's he's climbing the ranks. You know, is there a better scenario if you're a player like Thiago to come into a game like that? Hey, no, no, no. It's the ideal scenario. Like basically, like it's ABC one to three of management. We have an extra man. What you need to do is keep the ball and really use the ball intelligently. So for Thiago, that is the best thing to do because you know that you're just going to have more time on the ball because of the team you're playing against has an extra man. So they'll be sitting a lot deeper and trying to be compact. And you just have this, that bit of extra and extra space and extra time to set your time. And ask any midfielder, like that is what they pray for, that give me time on the ball. Because the difficulty of central mid- midfield is you don't have any time. It's boom, 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 quick, quick. If you're given time, Man, that is a dream. Quick word from my friend Mane, Sadio Mane. I mean, look, he is, if you rank him, he's going to be like top two, top, top three in terms of efficiency, productivity. And the key thing is the key goals that he scores. There are two types of goal scorers. You have like high volume goal scorer, Hurricane. He's always going to give you those goals. The name of the guy that like, man, we need a goal. We just need a goal. We just need a goal from somewhere. Mm-hmm. More times than not, Mane will get you that, that goal. And that is always a guy that I'll always value higher than a 30-goal, a season goal scorer is your team isn't playing well. You're out of, of rhythm. It's a difficult game. Can you just find something out of nothing? And Mane is amazing at that, where out of nowhere, pops off head, left foot, right foot, volley, quick twist, shoot, boom. He'll, he'll get that goal. Yeah, I, th- I would say he's top three. Yeah, for sure. Oh, easily, of course. Like, what's it? Aubameyang, him. And Salah. And, and Salah, Salah. Salah and Kane, I would have like 3A, 3B. So, mm. there you go. Speaking of Spurs, though, let's 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 talk about it. Um, So, they who did, who did they play? Southampton, I believe? Yeah. Great uh, goal by Ings, man. That opening goal was, pop, was crazy. Yeah, I think, but even before we start... Um, what happened with the match? Delhi Ali missed the squad, and 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 the thinking is that Delhi Ali is being looked at or is thinking about going to PSG. I thought it was Real Madrid. No, 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 PSG. Well, although I don't know, you might be right. The the the, the report I saw was PSG, so it could be PSG and Real Madrid. But you know, we'll, we'll we'll have to check sources after the podcast. Going by what we saw of the documentary, still, which is very good. If you haven't watched it, by however you watch it. Please do go watch it. It's it's a, it's a good watch. The all or nothing Amazon doc. Are you surprised that Deli Ali is the one that maybe no, Mourinho no. is kind of basically doing it's his like, magic on? It's so funny that because I was just about to mention that documentary because if let's say the documentary wasn't around, then you're like, okay, wait, is this the United thing? So you, so we just ask ourselves the questions. But now with the knowledge of the documentary, one of the first the first training session, he was like. Man, you're a bullshit trainer. You don't train well. Yeah, he doesn't so I'm, train so well. So I'm going to have to watch you. You can put one and one toe together in saying that obviously he hasn't really trained well, hasn't really done too well. But it's like, for instance, once you single out a guy for not training well, anytime he has a bad game, the kind of leeway you'll give him is not as much as you would give a hurricane who you said is amazing at training. And you see, the thing with Mourinho, again, the documentary confirmed this. He loves people who work hard. And give everything. Like one of the key quotes he said is that the clean sheet should be a collective achievement that everybody takes pride in. So he's definitely about mentality, 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 mentality. And even like what's it called? I was um um watching the this is Patrice Evra Instagram video about United and, and that stuff. And then he mentioned Mourinho and he said that no, Mourinho likes men. And he said that the issue that he may have had at United was that he just saw boys who really didn't have the kind of character that he that he, he that he needs. So with Pochettino, who you could just tell was maybe a bit laissez-faire, more of the kind of, hey, man, let's just, you know, creating a good vibe. Delele could have easily gotten away with it. was like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm laid back and everything. But for Mourinho, it's like, nah, you can't be laid, laid back here. Okay, if you're going to be laid, laid back, you best perform well. If you don't perform well, I'm going to be even harder on you. But it is interesting because it's like, 
something must have happened in preseason because it just seems as if so one game and that's it. <laughs> He's frozen out after one game. M- Mourinho did kind of something similar with uh, KDB when he was with Chelsea. Like if you remember the the first game Mourinho came back against Hull, De Bruyne was in the starting eleven, and people kind of forget this. I think he even played against Manchester United in Mourinho's second game. And then there was an FA Cup match where he didn't play well, or a League Cup match, rather, where he didn't play well against, I think, like Swindon or Shrewsbury or some S team from the lower leagues. And, uh, yeah, we never saw him again, basically. Mourinho will give a player maybe who's on the outskirts. He'll give him, like, a game just to be, like, changing my mind. I think that's part of what's into it. And then if you don't, now you're dropped, you're this, you're that. Oh, I think he said we have too many good players. Like, why is it they asked him, why isn't Ali playing? He's like, we have too many players. Part of the documentary, I thought, was when Mourinho first came, you know, he said, um, and I don't think this was in the documentary, but it was a quote. It was one of the things, well, it's a paraphrase. This Delhi Ali is like his brother, something along those lines, and that Mourinho's trying to find the actual Delhi Ali. Within a few games, he he went on like a goal-scoring streak, which which they did show or a good goal-scoring run, rather, which they did show in the documentary. And it was almost like, well, the tactics of calling him out for his bad training. And um, remember when he said, like, you have your father, you have your this, you have your that. I'm just trying to make you a better player, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, it seemed as if maybe that was a a line of thinking where, like, yo, it actually worked because he started scoring goals and whatnot. But, yeah, it's just weird. Ali's out of the team. Indombele is in the team. And, and, and also, he, he, was very, he was very key for the first Yeah, game. he was really good, I, I thought. Maybe not over the course of the whole game, but in, in moments. You, you saw why he was worth as, as much money as he was. <laughs> like, Mourinho's saying, I know you have a dad to Deli Ali. I'm sure Deli Ali was like, do I? <laughs> yeah, 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 that was weird. That was weird. Have you noticed I don't have Ali on the back of my shirt? It's just Delhi, and that's for a reason. Anyway, Sun has four goals. Kane had all four assists hmm. and a goal himself. I did. I tweeted this out. I, I, I wonder, does the addition of one Gareth Bale light a fire underneath Kane and Sun to be like shit? I don't know if he's the greatest player in Tottenham history, but he's like top five. So, like, a GOAT has returned. He has his four Champions Leagues. He's t- he's taking the number nine shirt, which is weird, but, hey, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk. Yeah, it's just like, well, I think we need to up our levels because there's no guarantee that – obviously, you're going to play, but there's no guarantee that I'm viewed as the lead guy here, the head guy here, because Bale's back. So I wonder, in some psychological way, what effect does Bale returning have on those two? What, what, do you, what do you think about that? Do you think Bale's return affects them? Or do you think even if Bale's still in Madrid playing golf, they still go out and they do the same thing? I don't think it did necessarily because, cool. again, it's like you, you look look at the first half. Then why were they so abject in the first half? Good point. So, but I do think that that, like just the concept of Bale coming in, I think it does, it will affect them in some way psychologically, you know. Because it's like, oh wow, we know what this guy can do, and we know what this guy could, how far this guy could potentially like push us. Mm. Because again, it's like it's it's how you respond to it. Because again, you're the if everyone is fit, the front three is Bale, Son, Kane. But my main thing that for Kane, you're no longer the superstar now. Bale is now. He simply is. Yep. So how does that affect Kane? Where? The lights can't be shined upon. Obviously, it will be shine, it will still be shined upon you for by English media because you're. English media's darling, but for football guys, for football heads, Bill Bill is the dude because we know what this guy has done. <laughs> Did they know? ever play together? No, I don't think like, so. Like, was Kane's emergence pre twenty thirteen? I don't think it was. And even if he, he was there, he would have not really been of much. Right, right, right. So. That that would have been Sherwood is the one that brought Kane, right? Mm. Back when they had like Adebayor and those guys. So I don't think they ever overlapped. If they did, it was very brief. Maybe like a game here and then Kane would have went on loan. So um, so I just wonder like if, if Bale would come in and it's like, yeah, you've done this and this and this, but you're still like petit frere. Like you're just the little brother, you know. Um, 
I wonder if that dynamic would exist. Probably won't. Um, there'd probably be some level of mutual respect, but yeah, it'll be interesting to 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 um, to observe. Now, Spurs score five goals. Mm-hmm. Are we going to give Mourinho credit for a great attacking performance? Now, Spurs fans, the haters, they'll say, you know, Spurs didn't play that well. Southampton kind of dominated the game, but in those moments, blah blah blah, they score five goals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How come Mourinho never gets credit when his team score over like three goals? People just just hate him, I think. Must we hate every day, every day? But it's just like every day, the same names on my timeline. You know, just Mourinho's this, Mourinho's that. Can, can you just not take a breath and enjoy the fact that one of, if he's so pragmatic and defensive, enjoy the moments where he isn't. How do how do I how do I word this? When Mourinho's teams play like trash, it's his fault because he plays regressive, backwards, ancient, archaic. What are the what, who are the people that get dinosaur bones? What are they called? Excavate archaeologists. There's like a no, paleontologist. Is that what they are? That's the kind of football he plays. Apparently, right? It's just very regressive. But when they win, they play well in spite of him, right? So he gets no credit either way. So it's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. That's what I said about sports. See, he I was, can't win. No, no, but, but, but see, it, it shows you how much people. Hate because for me, I said that if you say that. Surely she said that with Pochettino, because for me, I believe that Tottenham got to the final in spite of Pochettino. That's a complicated word, right? Paleontologists. <laughs> yeah, paleontologists. I don't know, paleontologists. Anyway, yeah, they, they dig up dinosaurs. Anyway, go ahead. Fossils. Yeah, anyway. yeah, no, no, what's it called? Like, it's like, I said the same thing for Pochettino, where it was like, um, Tottenham got to the final. In spite of Pochettino, not because of him. Because oh my god, Pochettino, he's so amazing. Look at, but no, like just for me watching it, Lucas Moura just found a way of getting those goals himself in that hat trick. That wasn't through amazing managerial expertise by um, Pochettino. So, more um, for Mourinho, my thing is that look, they were playing badly, one-one and so forth. Aren't you going to give him? Credit for the halftime team talk. Like for me, the greatest halftime team talk of all time in football history is Benitez in 05. What he said, I have no idea, but that is the greatest halftime team talk in the history of football. Because the team that we saw in the first half is not the team that we saw in the second half. So you have to give the manager some credit if you see a bad performance in the first half and a great performance in the, in the second half. I mean, but if you hate to do it, you'll always hate to do it. So <laughs> it's just like the 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 logic for me, it doesn't make that much sense. But I know whose fault it is. Manchester United fans, man. They're, so, they're such haters, <laughs> And they were extra salty, I feel like, because they lost to Crystal Palace. So, so it's like, anything to make them like, feel better. Deal with Palace. Deal with Crystal Palace. Don't call, man, talk about it. First, deal with those guys called Crystal Palace. Then, then we can talk. And any, anything that'll make them feel better, which is rubbing Mourinho's face. It, because yeah, when, when Ng scores, Southampton fans aren't as loud as Manchester United fans that hate Mourinho. But then mm. once they once once the goals start coming through, then it's like, ah, Mourinho's trash still. Anyway, you guys need to deal with Wilfred Zaha, okay? Who apparently slept with Moise's daughter, according to, according to I, da, 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 That's not true. According to Evra, so... That's just according to what Ever said. Hence why Sky had to apologize. Yeah, it's not true, though. I don't think. Mm. Um, anyway, um, I have written down here just a few things. I, I, I wonder how dangerous Crystal Palace can be. If you look at their team, obviously, IU is an issue. But Townsend is a dangerous player on his day. Uh, Zaha is a dangerous player. I'm not going to talk about Mitchie until he scores a goal. So, But he could be dangerous, potentially. There's... So, so, so are you saying top four, top six? No, 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 no. I mean, how dangerous can they be? Like, it's 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 not about them necessarily. It's about I'm looking at teams that I think will just be problematic for the top six or seven if we want to include Everton. And I think Crystal Palace and a team like Wolves or Leicester, like those should be the clubs that trouble them. But it seems like all too often Crystal Palace kind of falls short of the expectation that they should be solidly top half team. So I wonder, seeing as Zaha is quite clearly overstaying his welcome, that he shouldn't be at Crystal Palace. He's too good for that team. If you can get a player that's performing like this against Manchester United, project what 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 can they do against Manchester City, Liverpool, etc. 
again, they should aim for top six. Then, wow. you know how they say, like, if you aim for the mountain top, what's like finish us a few aim for the stars know, yes, so if you from... fall you land on the moon yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the whole thing so big up kanye it's 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 like everton aim for top four if you finish sixth that's great if your palace aim for top six if you finish seventh eighth ninth that's pretty good for you as palace so so um so the the, the foundation of that question was if we can think of crystal palace in the top seven top eight Mm-hmm. Is them beating Manchester United that big of a deal? No, no, it, it it is because I said that is what you should try to aim for. I don't consider them a top seven, top eight team. Okay. Same thing as that. I don't consider Everton. Everton are not a, a top four team, but you should aim there. Right. Like Crystal Palace's ceiling really should be tenth, eleventh, because if okay, if you look at so so let's just so go Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, um. Man United, Tottenham, Wolves. Then look at Everton, Arsenal. Did I say Arsenal already? So yeah. now we're not on on eight now. Palace are not better than than those eight teams I mentioned, or rather they shouldn't be better than those eight teams that I mentioned in terms of squad, players, spending power, and so forth. So you know, can someone explain to me? And I, I comments. I need your help. People who are listening to this after the fact, I need your help at Daniel to look. Please get at me. Hmm. Why is Alvaro Morata getting these deals? He's a he's a he's a globetrotter. That's what he wants. I want to know why people want him. This deal makes sense. You know that. If you can make it make sense, I will. I will tell you that makes sense. Basically, for Juventus, Chelsea's big mistake, and okay, I admit this was maybe my mis- mis- mistake was <laughs> Morata can be like a thirty goal. <laughs> It isn't scorer. Yeah. He, can't, he, he can't be the main striker in your team. But... So he's a useful brick. If this leads to the word useful brick, I swear oh, to God. No, no, no. He's a, he's a perfect... You see, for me, he's he perfectly dances between Class C, useful brick, and, you know, he's there. I mean, I wouldn't put him Tier 3, but he's there. Or rather, no. He's actually between the world of Tier 3 and Class C. So... Cristiano purgatory. Is, yeah, pretty, yeah, he's literally in football purgatory. So you see, like Cristiano is going to get you that your um, those those your goals, and he's going to pause, the pause, pause. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Where is Cristiano in your rankings? Have you ever discussed where Cristiano Ronaldo is in your rankings? Oh, he's currently tier two. What what what's his peak? What's the what's the best he's ever been? Man, I can't remember that. Maybe. Opportunity. I think he might be in even tier one at at one point. I think. Okay, I'm just, I'm, just, okay no, no, I'm just making sure. Like, how biased are the rankings? So if he's been in tier one, then fair enough. But anyway, go ahead, Morata. Okay, I mean, it looks. I mean, he Morata scores important goals. Like, you look at the goal he scored for Real Madrid. No, for Juventus against Real Madrid. You look at the goal that he scored against again, Bayern at at at, at, at well, it was for Bayern as well. Well, no, 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 that was that was Cuadrado that scored it, but he but made the he goal. made the crazy run. See, right. Morata is there. He's a great Robin. He's he's a great dance partner. For a he second, shouldn't... I thought you meant Iron Robin. I was about to no, say no, 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 you no, no, are no, no. on drugs. Batman and, Batman and Robin. Batman <laughs> and Robin. Robin with an I. Robin with an I. Like what are you e saying? And, and just I one B. I got you. I got you. So yeah, so look, as long as Christian is getting most of the goals. Dybala gets a few. Morata comes, helps to facilitate him by being good and silky in the ball. I think it can work. It can work, man. You see, see, Morata isn't trash. You need to know his role. Chelsea's mistake was, hey, man, you're not going to be the the new Drogba, the new Hasselbank, the new Gordianton for us. (laughs) Nah. (laughs) Nah, that's not popular. Or or the new Diego Costa, who is trash, by the way. He starts at Real Madrid. He goes to Juventus on a two-year loan that will buy mm. you back. Goes to Real Madrid, goes to Chelsea, goes to Atletico Madrid. Now he's back at Juventus. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just looking at this through, you know, the Chelsea lens. But damn, he was he was he was bad. No, like worse but, than Torres. No, 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 no. Bad. But then look at the evidence. The only club where he was the main striker, playing pretty much the bulk of the games, was at Chelsea. For Atletico, 
for Juventus for Real Madrid, he was either a partner with another striker like so was he's a Juventus side Tevez, or that's the thing. You have to you have to know what the role is. He he can't be your main striker. He's not giving you 20, 20, 25 goals. That's not happening. But he's a good player and can give you important goals. And also remember, we're living in a time where strikers are not required to score a huge amount of goals. It's really the inside forwards. Basically, inside forwards are the new strikers. Strikers have, have changed. Strikers are no longer goal scorers. Well, depends. Some strikers are goal scorers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Obviously, like Obama, but then you look at Firmino or Benzema under Cristiano. Yeah. Do you know people call Firmino like a central defensive striker? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 look, that guy he's he's he has reinvented that striker. Well. Yeah, it's like he's invented a new position, central defensive striker. I'm like, damn, that's brutal. Um all right, so Pirlo started off with a win. Let me think of the midfield, because I watched a few minutes of the game. I think it was Rabio Ramsey and uh the M- McKinney, McKinney, the American. Um, America, F- yeah, very, Pirlo's interesting in the sense of okay, so McKinney is a player you're looking at. Okay, cool, Morata's a player you're looking at. So he clearly just has an idea. We'll have to see what it turns into. But these aren't necessarily players you'd think. Oh, that's who that's who they'll go for. But that's what he's up to. So we'll just have to monitor the situation, see what happens. Obviously, he has you know Ronaldo to get him goals and all that kind of stuff. So in the mean, while he's figuring it out, it's incredibly helpful. To have the greatest goal scorer of all time. I have written down here Vidal to enter. If only if I could talk about Conte's obsession, which you referenced two weeks ago. With just old dudes. How old is Arturo Vidal? 33? 34? Get in there, bro. And, and, and he's been around. <laughs> what is he going to offer your team? No, no, no. Look, Vidal has been team hopping in, in the hope of winning a CL. <laughs> Basically, Vidal has been doing what Buffon has been doing. Can I please get a CL? Please? Did, okay, do, do you know how I tell you that you're just... Now, maybe Bayern didn't want him. So that's maybe something we need to place on the table. However, you know what I tell you if you want to win the lottery, you just keep picking the same team over and over and over again. That's what you're mm-hmm. supposed to... Or the same number over and over and over again. That's mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do. That's the same reason I keep picking PSG to win the Champions League. Because eventually I'll be right. If you're Arturo Vidal and all you want is the Champions League, stay with Bayern Munich, you fool. Like, it eventually... Once, one time in the next eight years or seven years or however long they'll have you, not that they would want him at 33, but I'm just saying, if you could figure out a way, stay with Bayern, you'll win it. But he goes hopping around from team to team, like Buffon, Buffon go to PSG, back to Juventus, etc. You're just messing up the chances. Just stay with one team. You're more likely to win it. And if if, if he would have stayed at Bayern, perhaps maybe he wins. Yeah. If, if they keep him. Last thing in Serie A. Zlatan scores again. The guy's ageless. I expect in 2050, I'll be 60 years old. He'll be 70. The guy's going to be like, you know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic comes out in his wheelchair and scores his 1,000th yeah, goal in Serie A. If, like, if, if, if a Japanese dude is playing at 50-something, why can't he play at 70? And this guy talks about being a lion, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's drinking like weird animal. Have you have you looked at this, the research that's been happening with um what are those things in the ocean? Jellyfish that oh, apparently sure. like they live forever, or there, there's these sharks in the Atlantic Ocean that live for like 500 years or 600 years. I wouldn't be surprised if Zlatan is up on the research with jellyfish. Like I feel like he's somebody that like would use a lot of his money. They they, they say LeBron James spends millions of dollars on his body a year like with therapy and doctors and nurses and massage therapists and all this kind of stuff. Zlatan seems like that kind of guy, but I feel like in somewhere in his like fridge, there's like some drink that he drinks that has like some weird jellyfish something that's going to try to keep him young until he's like 65, 75 on like some sci-fi shit. But anyway, um, let's go Spain. Suarez to Atletico. But this is fun, you know. This is no, 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 because he wanted to go to Juventus. But see, this is interesting, because I always, because Atletico were sort of like they were like hinted at. But my thing was, oh no, no, he was he wouldn't go to one of Barcelona's rivals. But things have so broken down, and Barcelona, Barcelona have so disrespected him. He's like, bro, I am going to go to one of your rivals. So you're going to have a situation where these two so-called best friends, Messi and Cristiano, will, will be facing against each other. For Atletico, that is this even if he's declining. This is still a very good signing for Atletico, man. Come on. Did man. did you it. read that Setien has sued Barcelona? Yeah. 
They haven't. They, they didn't pay him his fees yet. That is wild. Him and his assistants have sued Barcelona. They didn't. Oh, so basically, he had, he was not fully sacked. Um, severance package, please. That is why Conte tanks the whole season. So he said, "Look, bro, these guys—they're they, so shady. They sacked me. Tell everyone that I'm sacked, but they don't even give me my severance package." What the fuck is going on at Barcelona, man? This is the club is a mess. Yeah, look, it's, it's it is um, a pure, it's a dumpster fire. If ever, but, but that is why I think even more so they 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 could just still win the league this season. Despite it would just be so yeah, fitting it, that everything it, is a mess and somehow it's, it's like Italy '06. Yeah. It's like Italy '06. Calcio poorly, things are mess. Guys don't know whether they'll be in Syria or not. I'm not being paid. They won the World Cup, so. Uh, Real Madrid drew with uh, Sociedad. I have that written down. Did you watch the game? And it was, it was sort of like I had it like sort of like in the background. I mean, look. Yeah, I did. My thing is like I'm not sold on Rodrigo. Good young player. Real Madrid should be worried because yeah, this was still the same core of the the team that went on an amazing winning run that made them win La Liga. Mm. But I just think that for a season, 38 games. Because remember, like just think about this. That was probably that's probably the worst Barcelona have been since the whole Messi era was them last season and they only just lost the league. Yeah. So if you think that they sh- they can't be as bad as they were last season and if Real Madrid are just going to focus on just relying on Benzema and hoping other guys score because Benzema scored the, the bulk of the goal so if Hazard doesn't offer anything man, then those guys are fucked. How do, how do you even frame an 8-0 loss? It's just like god damn Schalke. <laughs> I was just trying to think, like, okay, so what talking points could we get from Schalke losing by eight? But do you know what it is? Stop selling all your good players. It's it, actually this pisses me off. Actually, just like okay, so Draxler, we'll sell him. Sonny, we'll sell him. You can't sell. Even if you sell only your best players, Wolfsburg, all these guys aren't losing by eight to Bayern. There is no reason to lose by eight goals. If There's you no sell, if if your best players end up on this team. Then maybe there is a reason. Wasn't wasn't Sula at Schalke? Wasn't Sane event? Or obviously he went to City, but then he ends up back at Bayern. Wait, wait, wait. Do you know what eight goals is? <laughs> to lose by that's see losing by to lose by eight goals. That's like it doesn't matter. How Schalke many are just very. Sold. They're a very annoying team. They're one of those teams like Senetien or one of those clubs where if you look at. So what if you didn't sell all your best players? Where could mm. you have been if you just didn't take the quick money? And you're looking at like, okay, so you, this is a Bundesliga winning team. This is a Champions it's, League. It's, it's like imagine if I quarterfinal. Yeah, it's like you guys were a like quarter a team. or Monaco. You guys are a quarterfinal Champions League, semifinal Champions League team. And how much money is that worth compared to the quick money of just selling a Sané to City or whatever? Like you, you build your international brand with the good players that you have, rather than just be a feeder club for everybody else. Does that make more sense? No, no, but but look, it's. This that's basically if there's one thing, if there's one thing that would change is if you could create a system where these smaller teams could keep the players that they develop, so you have better parity amongst the leagues. Because therefore, you have closer domestic leagues and you have a much more exciting Champions League. Yeah, man, Bundesliga is just the the way that they do business is wild. Um, what else do I have written down here? Kimmich in midfield. What did you think? You see, see, I don't think. Because yeah, I don't think Ban are gonna miss Thiago as much as people think that they will. Because people don't really realize just how good Joshua Kimmich is in midfield. Because I thought he was better as a defender than he was as a as a midfielder. But he's actually a better midfielder because that guy can score. His passing is quality. Who gave the pass to Coleman in the final? It was Kimmich, which was an absolutely amazing pass. See, if Ban were like a possession-based team that really relied on that Javi or that Modric in midfield, then I was like, okay, fair enough. But yeah, they'll miss him, but not as much as people think they 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 will. And I just think like with Joshua Kimmich, man, guy's a super talented dude, man. France, let's let's go to France. So, Kalidou Koulibaly, perhaps to mm. PSG instead of Manchester City. Now, there's there's the thought. De Laurentiis had a deal in place to sell Jorginho to Manchester City, and then that somehow got messed up, and Jorginho ended up going to Chelsea, I think, for less money. Hmm. And because of that, De Laurentiis now holds a grudge against Manchester City, and he's making it quite difficult for Koulibaly to go to Manchester City. So King Petty that Laurentiis is, or De Laurentiis, it's probably more likely or easier 
for PSG to get the deal over the line than Manchester City. So I don't know where I read that or where I saw that or if that was a Twitter thread. It's an interesting theory. But, yeah, obviously PSG would love a center back probably because they lost Thiago Silva. Um, and I don't think they wanted to lose him either. I think that was just kind of his own decision at the end of the contract to just, I want something new. Um, so if you if you replace Silva with Koulibaly, my Champions League pick, I'm feeling a bit better about that. They already have the team. They just need to just um, get it up. So I don't think Koulibaly changes anything. So this guy, Noel. Look, look at what the guy looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, like, I know they say don't judge a book by its cover, but I am judging this book by its cover, man. Look at what it looks like, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, basically, it's almost like it's almost too easy. Like you look like a stereotypical. Oh, oh. Anyway, so this is an interview with French TV channel BFM. Um, racism in France in a whole match. There may be some discrepancies, but we have less than one percent of difficulties today. When a black guy, forgive me, <laughs> scores a goal, the whole stadium is standing. So, quite frankly, the phenomenon of racism in sport or the phenomenon of racism in sport and in football in particular does not exist or it is little (laughs) in response the triple f the french football federation says the polemic generated by the great comments is not founded this is the president of the french football federation he says the phenomenon of racism in sport and in football in particular does not exist or it is little when black players score the stadium cheers <laughs> and for me i read that as just like yo so when the negroes do what we want them to do we are happy with them but otherwise yeah. like we call them like racial slurs no no i've had people sort of cheer for black players when 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 they've scored and in the same breath, whole like racists, insults, and everything as well. <laughs> so, it's, I mean, <laughs> it's a very simple, simplistic kind of tricky way of getting around the whole thing. Man. But I wouldn't be surprised if you found that this was the general sentiment of those who lead the football federations in most of Europe, most of South America, most of North America, most of Asia. I wouldn't be surprised if these are the thoughts. It's cool to have confirmation, but don't we already think they think this? Who well, I mean, French people or French people in, in for football? Anybody who has a position of power in football, generally speaking. No, no, no. But that is why nothing gets done. Exactly. Like, nothing, nothing gets done because people think that this racism thing is stupid. But so they feel pressured to do the whole say no to racism thing and everything because for them they're like, you see, the the thing that they think that like just insulting a black player that's just part of football it's not racist it's just a part of football culture you know so you shouldn't take it personally so they're like why do we have to be pressured by answering racism stuff and everything you know so which is why like you know you look at the whole thing if if people even kneeling people are still kneeling in the premier league i'm like mm-hmm. guys stop stop kneeling like what are you doing <laughs> like this whole posterity and posture thing is just annoying you're like if you're not willing to do the work stop kneeling Please just just carry on with with the game, you know. But it's like it's like the whole Black Lives Matter thing. It's become like a trend now. People will definitely jump on that because ah, this is a trend. It's cool and everything. But the actual walk, nah, I'm cool. Um, this is Les Ferdinand, I believe, former Spurs player who's now um, one of the only Black people in positions of power in the English football hierarchy or pyramid or whatever it is. Um, he's the director of football at Queen's Park Rangers. Mm. Ferdinand said the gesture is no longer effective. So they're talking about when the game starts, all of the players get on one mm. knee, they kneel. You see players maybe like Mane or others put their you know black power fist up, which is cool. Um, but Ferdinand says the message has been lost. It is no longer different from a fancy hashtag or a nice pin badge. Kneeling won't change the game. So yeah, well, but I guess the most important part was the message is being diluted in that sense where yeah. if you make everybody take a knee, actually, it's there's there's a weird kind of dynamic. If taking a knee becomes mandatory, the people who don't take a knee or people who don't agree with taking a knee are then given the power because now they're the person who's out of line. 
Mm. Does that make sense? So, like, I know in NBA, people were taking knees, and a few people decided to stand up. The people who stood up are now the story, not the people who take the knee. Because the, the reason taking a knee was novel in the first place was because not a lot of people were doing it. Once you make the activism mandatory or every it's it's so in vogue that everybody does it, it's now just normal. It's become normalized. So where now you need something else that's that's different. Does that make sense? My thing is even beyond that is you want to do it because you feel that this will help changing this. Like, why do you get a famous player to talk about a brand or why does a sponsor pay millions for a player to wear their brand because they feel that people are so influenced by them that hey i'm going to buy that shaving kit or i'm going to buy that deodorant because my favorite player um endorses and wears it because i want to do everything that my favorite player does so their thing is like oh if all these players who are so influential say say no to racism and nil and everything then but We've seen that that doesn't change because, unfortunately, in football culture, the racism is part of everything. So guys will just look at him and be like, oh, okay, cool. If he now gets pissed off by a black player, you will call him, you know, nigger, negro, monkey, all that kind of stuff. So mm. it's the same thing we said about UEFA and FIFA, like slap on the wrist. People want to do what is the easiest, less hassle, but makes them feel good. Wearing the shirt, the merch, the kneeling. It makes you feel good because it makes you feel like you're doing something. I was use the example of the beggar. If you give a beggar like a pound or five dollars or something, it makes you feel like, yeah, yeah, I did something good. But no, if you really want to help that beggar, okay, do you have a job? Can I get a job? So this is a consistent stream of money. But that's a lot harder and much more complex to do. But it's actually that's much more helpful than just giving them a dollar or a pound. So right. the fact is that, which is why it's like, even whenever I see something like, guys, oh, because I actually just turn away whenever I see them kneel. I'm like, look, I'm tired of this stuff. <laughs> you know, because it's like, it's like, it's just very cute and cool. So powerful. I'm like, please get this trash off my screen, man. It was cool the first week that, okay, they're standing in solidarity. I like that. Um, or kneeling in solidarity, however you want to say it. Yeah, yeah. But so afterwards, it's like, oh, oh, you have to kneel, baby, because, you, okay, this whole kneeling thing, okay. I mean, if you've taken off the Black Lives thing from your jersey, why are you still doing the kneeling? That does that 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 confuses me. Firstly, it's not a problem. Problem like on a, on the scale of problems, it's it's nothing. But if we want to discuss it, I don't have an issue with people taking the knee. Like for for me, it 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 means something different than what it meant when Kaepernick started taking a knee. But it's not a problem in that sense. My issue is if you make it mandatory then we don't know really who's for what and who isn't for what. So if you say everybody on the pitch has to take it, what you're doing, essentially, if you're the Premier League, you might have, let's say, player X, because I won't put a name on it because I don't know how these players are thinking. But let's say player X, he plays for, let's say he plays for Manchester United, and he actually feels in his heart and soul that he needs to take a knee because that's what he's standing for. He's He's kneeling in solidarity with the protest movements in London, Manchester, New York, all across the world, wherever wherever it may be, and he feels that he needs to take a knee. They they don't do uh, you know God save the Queen. I don't think before before games, but let's just whatever it is. He feels he needs to take a knee, so he takes a knee. Nobody else does. What does that do? Well, player X for Manchester United now becomes a, a a trending topic. Like why is this guy taking a knee? Reporters come to him. Hey, the white supremacist movement that's happening in in america is not good for black people we need to stand together with our brothers and sisters in north america and all across the black diaspora to get free he goes and says his whole thing now that becomes a story in the premier league i don't think they want that so how do you fix it either you get everybody to stand which you i don't know if, if that that doesn't look good publicly if we're forcing you to stand but what we can do is we can kind of have this diluted fake hollow nothingness essentially of just everybody takes a knee and what does that do it takes the power away from player x from manchester united who actually really does feel something and wants to show it publicly and the knee has become a way to show it publicly but if everybody does it then we don't know if player z player b c f feels the same way because it's now just become mandatory it's just we strip the power of taking a knee Everybody takes a knee. Nobody knows who's for what. 
And the Premier League essentially gets to look good, like, oh, we're standing in solidarity with black people. Meanwhile, you have one black coach. How many owners? Zero. How many people in, in, in positions of power, meaning like scouts, uh, directors of football, etc.? You we can probably count them on one hand if we went through the list. So are you really for black people, black lives, etc.? Or is this just something to look good before the match starts? Or is it just something to quell the righteous intent that somebody else would have that would just look odd if everybody else didn't do it? So that's my issue with it. I don't have an issue with players taking the knee. I have an issue with it being made mandatory because once it's made mandatory, there's no power in it. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like as I said, look, it's it's meaningless. It's meaningless, man. It's meaningless. <laughs> like I mean, which is why I just said, like, I mean, if I was a player, like, I wouldn't kneel. I would, I would just stand, and then they'll say, okay, why are you standing? Because <laughs> because this, this 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 is bullshit, and you're doing this for branding and just to look good on for image. You see, like, that's 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 the power that's been created. Though. That's the power dynamic. Is the first player that stands and then tells people, I'm standing because I feel like there's something wrong with what we're doing in terms of we're just placating and we're not really trying to accomplish anything except for making ourselves look good. There's no actual substantive anything behind this except just the optics of it. The power is actually standing now. The power is player X from Manchester United actually standing while everybody else takes a knee and they ask him, why are you standing? What What is the point of kneeling if the Premier League isn't going to do anything past kneeling? Do you remember when your mom knew about like the dab you know, when just something becomes so saturated in the culture, it's it's not cool anymore. It's not, it's dated. It's whack almost. It's just like, yeah, my mom saw Cam Newton dab, so now she dabs. Well, then dabbing is kind of whack if your mom's doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like this, where, so the Premier League's taking knees? This Premier League? Huh? We know you. We've seen you. We can see you now. Why are you taking knees? Like, why are you making players take knees? Like, it's fake. I could ramble on for it for days, no doubt. We have one question. I need to pull this question up. Hit it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I gotta unlock my phone. What's what's the code to your phone? Don't don't tell me. But does your does the code to no, your no, no, phone have, have some footballing relevance? No, 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 no. I use a a, a pattern. Well, so I used to have a number, then I then changed to a pattern, which was just easier to do. So, got you, got you. My my the the passcode to my iPhone has some footballing relevance, uh, just like jersey numbers of my favorite players. So, no, see, see, my password to a lot of my YouTube and everything, nobody will get it. It's literally it's not linked to anything. It's the most random thing you can think of. So, it's impossible to get password. Nah. <laughs> the password is password. <laughs> uh, okay. If you want to speak black goalkeepers and why there are slash have been so few of real top quality level, if we're being 100, Mandanda and Helton were scrubs, we have Onana now, but would you class him as a at, at the top level? I guess he's saying there's only one top class black goalkeeper in Europe right now, which would be Onana. Why do we think that? I mean, just, it just I mean, it is what what it is, man. I mean, like, how many great black keepers have they been? How many great Chinese keepers have they been? How many great Japanese keepers have they been? It's just a thing of like, you know, maybe if you're playing, I think it's just one of those things. Are like, in any school that you go to, how many people wanted to be the keeper? Growing up in in Nigeria, guys were not rushing to be the keeper. <laughs> guys were rushing to be strikers, dribble, do all that kind of stuff. But obviously, in England or places like that, there are guys who, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll go keep, I'll go keep, who enjoy being in goal. I don't have a good answer, you know. I don't think it's, I don't think it's even really that deep. You're like, oh my gosh, is that some kind of like scientific thing? Why they're not enough black top keepers? I'm like, well, it, I mean, it is what it, it is. Black quarterbacks were excluded because there was a thought that they weren't intelligent, which was bullshit. Now, my question is, is there a reason why black goalkeepers would be kept out? Not necessarily black goal, black goalkeepers are kept out because of their intelligence. I don't think that makes sense. But I'm saying, is there something that you would look at? Like, oh, I, don't, I wouldn't want a black keeper. Other than like, the only thing I can think of is like, if you look at AFCON highlights and how people mm. just kind of make fun of like the AFCON goalkeeper, et cetera, et cetera. Like you, you wait until Mendy gets signed for Chelsea and there's going to be some 
asshole Chelsea fan who's like, oh, so this is what we signed, and there's going to be a bunch of highlights of like AFCON goalkeeper mistake. Mm. <laughs> like, other than that, I can't really think of anything. Is it the idea that black players aren't technical? And if you want to pass back or do anything, like if you want a goalkeeper that can play out with their feet, uh, no, we can't then, have some then, black guy then, back there who's not technical. But, but, but then this has been happening for years. Or you've not seen black keepers in the game for years. I'm just, I'm just trying to think, like, is there anything that we can link it to other than the fact that there's just not, it's just not a position black people go for? But it's, as, it's, it's as simple as that. <laughs> it's as simple as that as that. Most black, how many black people are rushing to be to be keepers? I, don't I would assume just as many as white. No, no, no. Basically, my thing is that I cannot think of anything that says, "Oh no, no, this is because <laughs> okay, keeper." Like the main things were reflexes, positioning, catching. What? Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah. Oh, it's been a while. But yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to get to the heart of it. But anyway, this has been the Talking Tactics Podcast. We do this every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics, Facebook Talking Tactics, Instagram Talking Tactics. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Give, give us a five-star review, and we will read it on the show. Have hope yes, where we'll find you on the internet. I'm intended to look. If you want to help the podcast out monetarily and you want to get talking tactics extras and all that other good stuff, check us out on Patreon. The link is in the description. We will see you guys next week. Talking tactics podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always footballer. Indeed. Peace, peace, peace. Peace out, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network.